Artificial intelligence is going to have a role. Um, I'd like to say I know exactly what that role is going to be. I don't, um, but I'm pretty confident it's going to impact us, um, how we work clinically and how we train our trainees um, in the future of emergency medicine. That's Dr. Susan Promise. Dr. Promise is the editor-in-chief of Academic Emergency Medicine Education and Training Journal, as well as a leader in emergency medicine education. This being recorded in April of 23, next month in Austin at SAM 23, Dr. Promise will be delivering the keynote address entitled Perspectives in Medical Education, Past Experiences and Future Possibilities. And fortunately, I got a chance to sit down with Dr. Promise and discuss where we have been with medical education, emergency medicine, and where we're going. Here's the rest of that interview. So we're chatting with Dr. Susan Promise, who is delivering the keynote at SAEM here in a few weeks, entitled Perspectives in Medical Education, Past Experiences and Future Possibilities. Susan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I'm delighted. Thank you for asking me to speak with you, Steve. Absolutely. So I think the first question is, emergency medicine as a whole, I feel like we've been more progressive with the way we educate. You know, we were pioneers of simulation. We largely led the FOMED movement. What do you think has pushed emergency medicine to find better ways to educate? Yeah, I think as emergency physicians, we are always looking at opportunities to do better or do things differently. Um, we see that in the clinical environment as well, right? We're presented with a problem and we're innovative in the way that we deal with them. And I think that's not unique to the clinical environment. We look at that in all the things we do, whether it is our education or scholarship. I think we lead the way in emergency medicine. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I love the education I've received and all the novel educators out there that are pushing to teach more. I know there's a lot of junior faculty out there that are listening to this, that are going to be going to your keynote. They've got a lot of raw talent as far as educating. Uh, they're really good teachers, but they really want to push themselves, take their teaching to the ne next level, make themselves the best educators possible. Uh, what advice would you give to these junior faculty to set their education career up for success? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's having the knowledge um, to excel. Um, and education takes talent and um, energy. There are multiple different um, educational programs offered by our professional societies in emergency medicine. Um, SAM is, uh, you know, adding a new program kind of this coming year for kind of mid-career faculty to become better educators. American College of Emergency Physicians has programs. Harvard Macy has programs. There are many different programs out there that you can engage in um, if you are really interested in um, refining your teaching skills. Um, but I would also say, you know, look at the literature. We're really lucky in emergency medicine that we have a journal that is dedicated to education and training. So take the opportunity to look at it. There's some really, I think, novel um, approaches to education. There's short little um, articles on how to do various different things. So um, I would encourage you to use all the resources available to you, whether it's taking a course um, and or reading um, the literature. And, and you can go outside of emergency medicine to look at the literature. You know, there's literature and education, you know, which is a huge field. So don't be afraid to look at some of those journals, at least look at the table of contents, decide, you know, something that might be interesting um, to your um, particular area of expertise. 
I love it. I love it. There are so many great resources out there, and you mentioned you mentioned several, uh, including AEM Education and Training uh, Journal, which I heard the I heard the uh, editor in chief in there is phenomenal. Does great work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's nice of you. Which of these resources? Where Where would you say to start for these junior faculty looking to up their education career? Where should we start? Yeah, um, I'm a sucker for um, being involved in programs where you engage with other people, but maybe that's just my style, right? Like, it's not like I want to sit and read all day long. Um, A good novel's okay, but I don't think I'd be sitting, you know, reading journals all day. That's horrible for an editor to be saying, but, but that's the truth. So for me, I like to engage with others. And I think going to courses where you can build your network is really important. I think another way that I didn't mention earlier would be to get involved in your professional society. So academic, um, you know, emergency medicine, education and training, our academic society is SAM. You know, be a part of that. There are committees, there are task forces. So um, I think the more you engage with other people that have like interests, um, you learn more, um, you grow, you develop, um, blossom. And I think for somebody that's really junior, that's an important place to start. I, I love that. I think of every conference I went to as junior faculty, I got some out of the conference, but the networking, the people I met, uh, the relationships I built are really the biggest thing I've taken away from conferences. So uh, I love that. I love that. So we've got a great past, the future, the present. We've got a lot of great resources to develop us. Um, but EM, we're always pushing forward. We always want to find the most efficient, uh, effective way to educate. What education advances do you see coming in our future? Yeah, I, I think um, artificial intelligence is going to have a role. Um, I'd like to say I know exactly what that role is going to be. I don't. Um, But I'm pretty confident it's going to impact us, um, how we work clinically and how we train our trainees um, in the future of emergency medicine. I also think, or maybe it's a dream, I don't know, um, that we really need to train or change um, from kind of time-based education to competency-based education. You know, as I was kind of preparing my talk, I was looking back to when we first really started talking about competency-based education. And I'm not going to tell you how long that uh, was ago now because it really is going to date me. But the fact that um, now when I'm at conferences and I ask people, can you list the six um, core competencies in um, medicine? And there's still people that can't get it right. Um, That's a problem for us. but not only a problem that they can't list them, but we really haven't figured out exactly how to assess them. And we know that you know our trainees graduate with thousands of dollars in debt from medical school. Um, and they make some people even make you know decisions on what kind of career. They might be a great academician, but they go into community practice because they make more money. Um, my, my sense is that we really should say, that we as the educators um, have a good way of assessing when people are ready to graduate and they should graduate. Um, I know there are challenges with that, like, oh my gosh, how do we staff the ED because we count on residents? But I assure you there are people that aren't gonna graduate at the three-year mark or the four-year mark. 
And, you know, are we doing our patients and society good um, to let them continue to kind of train, if you may, um, as they graduate? So I, I think we really need to make some changes there. Um, I think there are novel things that are going on, you know, at Penn State Hershey and at a few other um, medical schools across the country, you know, we have a program where people graduate from medical school in three years and then transition to residency. So medical school, for example, doesn't need to be four years. So um, I, I just think we need to think out of the box. And as you mentioned earlier, Steve, we're the innovators. Let's do it. You know, I think we have an opportunity to really um, – be progressive. I say be progressive, but honestly, isn't that the way people learned medicine in the past, right? It was an apprenticeship model. And when you were ready to do it on your own, your, you know, mentor said, okay, you can do that. Um, but I do think we have to figure out the competencies. We have to make sure our trainees are competent, not just time-dependent education. And, and I know there's been work on this throughout the years, but I, I'm confident we're going to see more of that in the future, whether it is really people graduate quote when whenever they're competent or we just get better at um, assessing competency and feeling confident in our decisions to have our trainees move on i love that i love that we've all had that resident that we knew could use just a little bit more time we knew they just weren't quite there yet but right now it's such a big deal because we're so obsessed with time uh it would be phenomenal if we could transition to that competency-based versus time requirement phenomenal thoughts. Well, Susan, thank you so much for these few minutes to chat. We're really looking forward to listening to your keynote next month down in Austin at SAEM. And uh, again, I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks, Steve.